You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, Vox and Hops heads? I'm Matt, the vocals of Cryptopsy, and you're listening to my podcast, Vox and Hops, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians to talk about their lives, music, and craft beer. Signs that a swarm, Asia Tour 2020, is just about finished. There are only three shows left of this tour. Today, they are in Miyagi, Japan. Tomorrow, they are in Osaka, Japan. And they finish up on February 23rd in Tokyo, Japan. If you can make it out to one of these shows, you absolutely should. Signs of the Swarm Asia Tour 2020 is proudly brought to you by Slam Man Booking Asia, TM Music, and the Vox and Hops Podcast. If you want to grab tickets to this, very easy. You go to a link in the description of this podcast. You follow that link, and you grab yourself some tickets and go out and enjoy some brutal metal in Japan. Devastation on the Nation is less than two months away. This year's lineup is absolutely incredible. It is featuring Rotting Christ, Borknagar, Wolfheart, Abigail Williams, and Imperial Triumphant. Devastation on the Nation 2020 is proudly brought to you by Metal Festival Tours, Continental Touring, and the Vox and Hops Podcast. You should grab some tickets for these if you already haven't because some of these shows have sold out. Some of them are close to selling out and I can guarantee you that more of them are going to sell out. This is a party you do not want to miss. You can get your tickets via the link in the description of this podcast or you could simply go to MetalFestivalTours.com. Speaking of a party you do not want to miss, I have organized some Vox and Hops Devastation on the Nation craft beer parties for the four Canadian dates. That is in Vancouver, in Toronto, in Montreal, and in Quebec City. If you want to come to these, these are going to be pre-parties or after-parties. For each of these parties, there is a special brew that has been brewed for the event called Devastation. All information concerning this is available on MetalFestivalTours.com and via the link in the description of this podcast. And it is also on all of the Vox and Hop social media pages. You should come out and party craft beer style with fellow Vox and Hops heads. The Devastation on the Nation tour members and crew members are going to be there. And for some of these parties, even I'm going to be there. So come out, drink some beers, let's have some fun. Hi, this is Enrico from Hideous Divinity, and you're listening to Vox and Ops. Hey, thank you so, so much, Enrico. Super great, I got to hang out with you the other day. I had such a good time that other night, the Vader, Abysmal Dawn, Hideous Divinity, and Vitriol Tour, it is still happening right now for another week or so. If you get the chance to go to one of these shows, you absolutely should because it's an absolute rager of a lineup. Just unrelenting, vicious, fast, brutal music made by beautiful people. So you should absolutely go out there and try to check it out. Today's episode is partly brought to you by Jacob Maisonneuve, who very graciously donated towards the podcast. I am super blown away. Thank you so, so much, Jacob, for supporting the podcast. I really appreciate it. If any of you Vox and Hops heads want to be as cool as Jacob, the way to do that is you go to the Vox and Hops website, that's voxandhops.com, and you click on the little button at the top of the website that says donate, and then if you feel comfortable, you can donate some funds towards the Vox and Hops podcast. Everything helps. It is greatly appreciated. There would be no Vox and Hops podcast without you, Vox and Hops heads. So this episode is partly brought to you by Jacob. Cheers, Jacob. Thank you so, so much. I really, really, really appreciate it. On today's podcast, I am with one of the most positive people in the world, an extremely talented and amazing drummer in many, many, many projects. Here it is. This is Vox and Hops episode number 111 with Bryce Butler. I warn you, what you are about to hear is very disturbing indeed. 
Hey, what's up, everybody? Today I'm with Bryce Butler, the drummer of many, many, many projects. <laughs> you are a very busy little man. I'm trying, man. I, I said, what bands are you officially in? And you said, hold on, let me check my list. <laughs> he pulled out his phone, and he's going to name off what bands he's in right now. Go so I have 14 that I'm in technically right now. So I went by alphabetical order just for OCD <laughs> purposes. Um, so Abigail Williams, Aeolia, uh, An Isolationist, Breiker, Circuit of Sons, Contrarian, Day of Meth, Entombment, Lizard Professor, Lord Mantis, Nociceptor, Shadow of Intent, Valiant Crusade, and Veil of Nath. How? <laughs> well, in my defense, like half of these are like studio projects, so they don't really play shows much or they don't tour. And then the other ones, I think there's only like four that tour, really, but Google Calendar, bro. <laughs> it must be crazy, but does it seriously happen to come to the point where when Abigail wants to tour, when Shadow wants to tour, that they need to speak to each other? Yeah, see if I it actually to, can work. Yeah, I have to. It's a lot of communication. Like, thankfully, everyone's super understanding and super cool about it, and they're like really sweet. But basically, when I confirm a tour, I let every any other band. As soon as I confirm it, I'm like, hey, if you guys want to do a tour, just know that I don't. I'm booked off for this, and then they'll have to find some other months to tour. Or some other monster. How do you feel about someone filling in for you? Being I, the I'm fill totally in? cool with that. If if they can, if I, I let every band know, if you need to get a fill in for something, I'll never be upset. I totally understand, you know. But um, I think for Circuit of Sons, uh, you know, Danny Walker played in like Intronaut. He's, I think, he's going to be my fill in for Circuit of Sons tours coming up because they're going to want to start touring as well. But I'm going to be so busy with Shadow and Abigail coming up that. I'm gonna have to cut it, cut it down. I'm, I'm definitely gonna have to cut this list down a little bit. I'm realizing because it's starting to get pretty ridiculous. <laughs> How do you have friends at home? Barely, bro. It's I barely. I mean, the sad thing is I pretty much like barely see them. Like this month, I'm touring nine months this year. This year, so like so far coming up, you know this. The already. whole year is booked for me. This Unbelievable. year. Unbelievable. All yeah. the way through December. And those three months are not even months at a time. Probably. Nope. I have July home. September, some of September, and some of October, and that's literally it. Unbelievable. Yeah. That's tough. That's tough for, for forming relationships. Yeah, man. How, how really do you is. deal with that? Open communication. Like, um, I am in, like, a relationship right now that's really cool, but anytime, any new friendship, any new band, any relationship of any kind that I get in, I let them know. I'm like, hey... This is my job. This is my career. This is all I want to do. If you want to make this work, like like you said, even friendships, if you want to make this work, you just got to bear with me and kind of just schedule stuff out. And thankfully, everyone's been super accommodating and sweet so far, which is awesome. I met you, I remember the day. Yes. Devastation on the nation. Yes. You actually came on the day before, but for some reason I remember you in Austin, come and take it live, <laughs> standing outside, and it's your laugh. <laughs> that, 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 and I was like, who is this guy? You were filling in, or were you playing for Seeker? Yep, I was in Seeker at that point, yep. And I was like, he's a good drummer. It was all right back then. And then, all of a sudden, you were playing for the Faceless. Yeah. 
And I was like, I didn't know he could do this. I didn't either. <laughs> Straight up. And the reason that happened was because uh, Zenith Passage, remember, was on like a week of that. And so Justin McKinney was in the faceless for four years, and he saw me play every night. And then Chasen left to go do Whitechapel, and then they needed a drummer, and he hit me up to try out. And I literally remember being like, you, sh- you sure? You sure you messed with the right person? Because I don't think I can do this. But how did you learn to go so fast, so fast? Uh, I think it's because I ha- I had to. It's it's been my dream since I was I've been playing drums since I was three years old. Really? So, yeah. So this is I've there's never been another thought in my mind of what I would do. And so and I mean the Faceless was definitely one of my f- favorite bands. Like I think like. Top 10 at least, maybe top 5 back then. And so when he offered me that, I was like, I can't play 250 yet, but I have to try. So ironically, I didn't even really practice. I legitimately just listened. He, he said he gave me like three days. The tryout song was uh, Zeno Christ. He was like, can you get it to me within three days? I was like, I, I hope so. And I literally just slammed energy drinks and listened to the song. On nothing else, I listened to the song on repeat for three days and then slammed energy drinks and just did take after take until I got something that I thought was passable. And then, actually, I didn't originally get the gig at first. It was down to me and this other guy, James Neural, who plays for a couple other bands. Um, and he, it was for, the tryout was for Summer Slaughter like three years ago. And Sumerian had to pick between the two of us and they asked for an unedited unquantized playthrough which is the right thing which to is, ask which for which should be normal and so i sent in you know like unedited one take with the triggers audible just to make sure that it wasn't faking anything and this kid he rips but he sent in like a three angle edited quantized video mm. and so of course Samarian was like yeah this guy he looks amazing and and then when he got there he still ripped it but I guess I don't really know what happened but they just after that tour Justin hit me back up again and was like hey would you want to be in the band and I've lost my shit man I, I don't want to dig into the faceless shit there's been too much talk about that already yeah 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 let's let that rest yeah but let's talk about eating ass oh yeah dude <laughs> large fan <laughs> Huge fan, dude. What is this? I, I've been following you on social media. Uh, I've never had the chance to ask you about it. What's up with the eating ass? Stuff? Uh, I don't know. I just tried it a couple. Uh, wow. Oh, so it's a real you like oh, eating ass. Oh, I literally love it. Got it. So okay. I'm, I'm 27 now. I probably ate ass for the first time when I was like 20, 21. <laughs> love it first lick, dog. <laughs> Straight up. Like... Ever since then, I was like, yo, this tastes pretty fucking good. This is pretty cool. What's going on here? Big fan. She wins. I win. It's oh, fucking shit. awesome. And then you made shirts. Yes. Which was, the back quote was? The, bl- the back said, blast fast, eat ass. <laughs> and I'm actually, so it took me, uh, it, it took me like three or four months to sell out of those. But um, I had to like, I didn't know about on-demand printing yet. So I had to just order, and it was like $1,000, and so I haven't been able to do more. But I just found out about Printful, and Abigail uses it now, and a couple other bands I'm in started using it now so they don't have to ship their own stuff. And you can put your designs on literally anything, and you don't have to do anything. And the quality is good? <laughs> it's sick, absolutely. And you, you can order. The cool thing is before you, you link it up to like a big cartel or something, 
and you can order samples like they that's part of the process is before you even put it in your store you can order samples to make sure that it turns out how you want and Abigail actually started doing it They're, we're doing it for Devastation of the Nation this year we ordered our merch from Printful for this and it literally the Printful merch turned out better than the merch guy we went to for our last tour so I'm gonna do that for the Blast Fast Eat Ass stuff dude I'm gonna make fanny packs now everything I'm gonna do everything fuck it everything fuck it why not should do like a, a face guard the the the, the <laughs> you know when you're sick there yes dude <laughs> I got I got a couple ideas it's gonna be fucking ridiculous I'm excited you're also a very positive person on social media yes where does that come from how do you find the positivity uh it's just so I was married from 20 to 22. Wow. And it was a very rough, very rough time for me. Probably like the lowest. That whole thing was probably like one of the lowest points in my life. And so ever, it was a great, I wouldn't trade it for anything. It was a great learning experience. But ever since then, I was surrounded by a bunch of negative people. And I wasn't like, I had no idea what, I was playing in one band. I didn't have a true vision like I was very distracted you know and ever since then everything has just been so much better than that so every day when I wake up I'm just grateful to be alive and I'm grateful that my life is never going to be how it was so it's honestly like easy to be positive now because I literally get to do what I've wanted to do since I was a child so every day is just like a gift and every day when I get to wake up and I'm like yo you get to you get paid to fucking play drums dude like and see places I never thought I'd get to see it's like it's honestly almost impossible for me to be in a bad mood at this point which is really cool it's a beautiful perspective thank you man let's go back to your childhood you mm -hmm. mentioned that you played drums at three mm -hmm. what was the soundtrack to your youth oh man what was playing in your house when you didn't have control of the record player? So my dad, my family's a very, very musical family. My sister's a pianist. My mom is a vocalist and flautist and pianist. And my dad is a guitarist. So he raised me on like classic rock. So it was like ZZ Top, ACDC, a lot of Led Zeppelin. Uh, Phil Collins. My mom worked at the the Disney store, so it was a lot of like Disney soundtracks. And Phil Collins ended up doing like a lot of those. So I was just raised around that stuff. And I found out. I, I wanted to know from my mom. I asked. I was like, "Is there anything that you did? Like, I, I want to know why I play drums." And she told me that she, as soon as she could, she would put headphones on her belly and tap along to the music really so i think that that has a huge that's a huge part of why i even play Your drums rhythm, because yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, i didn't even know it and she was like putting rhythm into me and so it was really cool insane yeah it, it's it's been un unbelievable man why do you think it's always the drummer that's in all the bands <laughs> that's a good question uh i think it's especially for genres like this like tech death and stuff the music is a sport it is like a straight up, especially for like Shadow, this is like the long, one of the longer sets. We have like an hour set on this. I'm used to playing like 25 minute, 30 sets. Dude, I clocked it. I think I burn 2,000 calories a night playing this set. That's crazy. So it's like, it's literally like running a marathon. So I think that and the biggest, I think maybe even bigger than how hard it is, is 
there's so many guys that have the talent to play these drums, but they can't tour because of family or their job. And so the combination of those two things, it's so hard to find a guy that not only can play the parts, but that actually tours. And so that, I think that's why there's only like, dude, like 20 or something drummers in the genre that get calls now. It's like you... Gabe Seaver. I was going to say him first. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. Jared Klein from Rivers of Nile. Yeah. Shut oh, he's up. insane. I mean, there's... Oh, man. Uh, there's a lot, dude. It's crazy how it, it, it ha- it's more than any other instrument. You oh, guys yeah. are always the ones... It's. I love it. It's, it's like <laughs> super... It's super overwhelming. It's an, it's an honor. It's an honor to even be mentioned with those drummers now, dude, because they're fucking incredible. How do you approach writing music... And keeping everything original, not copying beats. It's a little bit different than a guitar. Let's say there's no notes involved. But you got you must want to always have your own feel in each band. Yes. So my favorite way to work is I love improvising. So pretty much every record I've ever tracked, I, I improvise the entire thing in the studio. Really? Like literally every, every hit. I have... There's some, like half the things I've recorded, I had to learn in the car, never even getting to play the drums until I got in the studio for the first time. And so I almost had no choice but to improvise. And then there's a couple where I had played, like more local bands, I had played the songs live a couple times, so I had an idea of some of the beats I wanted to do, but all the fills and all the accents and everything is just... Pure feel. Yeah, and I love that because... And I do it live, too, because if you want to listen to the record, you can listen to the record, you know, but I, I want... That energy is everything, man. So I want people to, like, feel the positivity and the, like, just the fun in trying different things live. And I want that to translate over a recording as well. I think that's, like, so cool. Shot of Intent is so intense. When Chris recorded Antoine Baril, he was all he could talk about. Really? For, for like, a few months, he was, like, this drummer, this drummer, so fast, so good, his feel, and he would, like, listen to this fill. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. How intimidated were you when you had to go get ready for this tour? Oh, man. Oh, God. Uh, it's... Anthony, dude, is, like, one of the top drummers, like, period, right now. I mean, he's, he's done, like, big boy gigs for since he was, like, 17. So I was super intimidated. And honestly, it's, like, similar to the Faceless thing. When, they, when Chris messaged me and he was like, hey, would you want to fill in for Shadow? I did the same thing. I was like, yo, are you sure you're messaging the right guy? Because I knew on, on Melancholy, dude, Anthony, there's like three songs on that record that are at 300 BPM. Mm-hmm. I've struggled playing at 250 normally. Like, so I basically did the same thing. It was just like the universe gives you an opportunity. I would be an idiot to say no or to not try. So I basically did the same thing. I just obsessed over the songs, did nothing but listen to the songs, and then slammed energy drinks, and then just <laughs> and then just hit record on the camera and on my computer until I got something that I was okay with. And I was super nervous coming up here because I had to... The, so this is my second tour with them. The first tour was a Despised Icon tour, which was incredible. Stacked lineup. Oh, so stacked. Both of these dudes, so stacked. And I literally... I usually do this because... I'm so busy, I have to procrastinate in order to get all this done. 
half the tours I do, I learn probably half the set on the plane ride there. Unbelievable. So I learned, we had a six song set last tour, and I learned three of the songs on the plane ride. So that when that first practice came around, dude, I didn't tell anyone, but I was shaking in my fucking boots. Like, I was just praying that like... But you knew the song. I knew the song, but I'd never played though. I'd only played half the songs because they, they had me make videos so that I could prove that I could do it. And I'd only made videos for three of the songs. So the three I learned on the airplane, I'd never touched on a drum kit ever. And how did those go? Incredible. <laughs> we, we played through the set one time, dude, and everyone looked at me and they were like, wow, so you played that better than our original drummer. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Because he was incredible too. And blew me I surprised myself but then ever ever since then dude it has been smooth sailing same thing with this tour we got a 10 song set I learned five of the songs on the plane ride and then get sit down for practice and I was just like fuck it let's go one run through solid as shit just cause you have to it's incredible just cause if, if I didn't do I it I don't think anyone could do that. everyone can do that no. I, well <laughs> I, I don't know but I got no choice. You know what I mean? This is all I've ever wanted to do, man. So, How would you explain the hype around Shadow of Intent? Oh, man. Because they just popped. Dude. It's crazy. It, it is blowing. It's blowing all of our minds, but especially mine. Like, they weren't even supposed to play live originally. Yeah, yeah. It was like a Halo-inspired. Yeah, it was like supposed to be basically a Halo-inspired, like, internet band, straight up. Because they wrote songs at, like, 300 BPM, 280, and that shit's bullshit fast. And even for Chris, like, the song The Return is at 300. It's one of my favorite songs. We played it twice on the last tour, and we were just like, yeah, no, this is too fast. So there was a couple songs like that that were they weren't even planning on ever playing live. And then I think Ben posted, they posted, like, videos of Ben tracking vocals, and they just went viral, mm-hmm. like, right away. And so the I think the response just got so big that they were like, fuck it. Let's go out and try to play this. And then they started ripping it, and it's—I don't even know how to describe it. It's literally just been this gradual incline, and they're on what their third album now. And Melancholy did so good, dude, that it's just like this is their first headliner ever. And they're independent, which is absolutely amazing. That's the craziest thing, dude. They've turned down like every, literally every major record label, which is insane. Which is insane, just because they don't need it. They make more money. By themselves, they don't have to share with anyone, and it's it's incredible. It's their so, baby. Yeah. So Chris is a, a genius, dude. So is, they're all Ben is they're geniuses. How, how do you feel like me being in a band? It's my band. I love it. You're in fourteen bands. Yeah. How do you separate that love? It's hard because only there's only three bands on this list that are like my babies. That I write the like I wrote the drums. I recorded the drums originally. I recorded for a lot of this stuff, but like Shadow and a lot of stuff, I came in to this with everything recorded, everything already done. I pretty much just treat it the same. I put the same love that I would put into like my own parts. Just like I want to pay homage to their drum parts, but thankfully they trust me enough to let me improvise live, and so it's almost. It's almost like it is kind of my baby, too, a little bit. You know what I mean? So it's it's pretty cool, man. <laughs> we were just delivered a beautiful beer. Uh, Vox and Ops all about talking about metal and craft beer. If there was a rock star of the podcast, it's this beer because I've had it on so many times. <laughs> this is Boreal Zinal Guest's IPA, a New England IPA. It is hazy. It is juicy. It is delicious. 
I literally don't drink alcohol at all. And really? That is pretty fucking good. Let's let's start on just that. Why no alcohol? You love the energy drinks, apparently. Mm-hmm. But no alcohol. Helps me go What's fast. That story. Yeah. Um, my family, like alcoholism, kind of runs in my family. So, and I also. I know myself really well by now, being 27 and being through what I've been through. I know I have an addictive and obsessive personality, and so I'm like that with weed. So it's like, you know what? I can barely afford that. (laughs) And the energy drinks and everything, all the poutine I want. So I'm like, you know what? Let me just not ever go there. That is a very wise decision, yeah. A very mature 27. Thank you. I'll say that. Thank you. But I do, Ken from Abigail is like a huge... Huge beer connoisseur. Good, Huge. we're gonna have fun. So he's always and he always messes with me because he knows that I don't. But we've done like a we've done a two Europe tours together because we did one with Faceless and one with Abigail. And every place we would go, he's like, "Yo, try this. Tell me what you think." And I'm like, "Yeah, it tastes like alcohol." <laughs> but there's there's pretty there's been some pretty amazing ones, honestly. Like to where I'm like. Maybe I should. <laughs> Maybe I should, but then I'm like, nah. I'll, just be, a ta- I'll just be a taste tester. That's fine. You definitely won't go fast yeah. when oh, you yeah. drink beer. That's, that's for sure. I think that's my main concern is I've had one of the number one things I hear from drummers is first thing that goes when you're drunk is your feet. You don't want that. First no. thing you go is sloppy feet. And with every band I'm in, that's like if, if anything is sloppy, it can't be that. Mm-hmm. So I'm That's like, what everyone's listening to. Yeah, exactly, because triggers, man. You can't hide <laughs> nothing. You can't hide anything. How about like that path of you? You say that life has offered you some stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, joining the Faceless. Mm-hmm. Ken was in that. Yes. Ken brought you into Abigail. Abigail. Yep. How much of a believer are you of things like that? Like that life offers you a path. A thousand percent. And I and I know that because like almost every opportunity I've gotten, like over the last two years, branched from faceless. That was like I was before that dude. I was literally a local drummer. I I toured Canada one time. I I'd, I'd only ever toured the states. And I was so that, devast- that devastation. Yeah, run with Seeker. Se- Seeker was like the only band that I was in. No ever. Way. Yeah, I never really. I was in this other band, like uh, like kind of beat down band, kind of like Kublicon. They were called Two by Four. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> they were sick, but we just did. I did like three or four tours with them. I was with them the last the last year that they were a band, and we did like two or three U.S. tours, and then I did one Canada tour, and then. That led me then on that Canada tour. Seeker hit me up, and then when Seeker hit me up, they were like, "Do you want to join?" And then they pitched to me. They were like, "These are the tours they have. We have coming up." And one of them was Devastation, and then I joined that. And then Justin, and then it's dude. It's literally been snowball. Effect. You can like draw the line, dude. Absolutely, yeah. and it's it's incredible. And that's I think that's another reason why I give like. I was raised super Christian, and I'm not like that anymore. I, I just say the universe now. It's it's apples to apples. It doesn't matter. But for me, I, I, I 100% see the universe, like, giving me these opportunities and, like, laying out this, like, spider web kind of thing to where there, I feel like half the reason I even get these opportunities is because I wake up every day and, like, every night I go outside and I look at the sky and I look at the stars and I thank it that I got to wake up today, that I get to play drums for a living, that I, that I have supportive friends, supportive family, 
every day. And I, I really, truly feel like that has most to do with why I keep getting these insane opportunities that I never thought. Oh, I, I think everyone just knows you as like a really positive person on top of being such a solid drummer. That means a lot to me. You don't want to to be in a van or in a bus or in anything no with a with a downer no it's the worst thing on a tour absolutely and i learned that early i've been touring for 11 years i started touring when i was 16 i joined a band on craigslist dude i joined a (laughs) christian band on craigslist because i wanted to tour and it started the the web started there dude and and so and i've done i've done basically van tours sleeping up sleeping sitting up in the front seat for like the last nine out of the last 11 years of touring so everything is sick to me <laughs> everything i get to do is like oh this is badass i can lie down this yeah is amazing straight up dude like like shadow has a like a sprinter on this there's no um ben and his girlfriend built bunks in there so there's four people that can sleep on queen beds in there it changes everything it, i sleep on a bench but it's amazing. I literally, like, literally, I'm like, oh, I get to lay down. This is incredible. <laughs> and there's a bunch of people that would complain about that, but not from where I've been, you know, not from where I come from. It's just like everything is a gift, dude. And then, and I feel like if I keep that up, you know, if I keep up that like gratefulness, it's just going to continue. If you could travel back in time and send yourself. Young Bryce, mm-hmm. not at three, because you, you started playing drums at three, but... I got serious at 15. Uh, if you could send yourself back either a, a live video performance of a band or like a monumental CD that really inspires you to become better now as you've gotten older, what CD would that be? That I've played on or anything? Anything, yeah. Something that inspired, you know, maybe that faceless... Say that one day you'll be able to play this or... Yeah. I think it would be Planetary Duality because I remember the first time I heard Planetary Duality, the first song I ever heard was Ancient Covenant. And that song's at 250. I was playing August Burns Red and Mastodon at that point, dude. So I was on... I was way down there, you know? And I first time I heard that song, I literally busted out... When I heard the double bass part... And the blast beat, I literally busted out laughing. Yeah. Because I was like, is this even real? Real, yeah. Is this possible? Then the universe fucking slaps me in the face and is like, oh, well, you got to do it now. So (laughs) here you go. You wanted this. So it's it's insane. What would be that call from a band that would just blow your mind? The biggest band you can imagine. That dream fill-in job. Who would that be? Honestly, this shadow for me is is that right now, because I never expected this. But like big, big shit, Mashuga. Oh shit! Yeah. I know like forty of their songs. Really? Yeah, I'm a huge fan too. Yeah. I if I've literally, dude, I've literally had the dream like at least ten times where I'm at a Mashuga concert in the crowd. Something happens to Thomas, and Yens is like, does anybody in the crowd know any songs? And I fucking sprint and fight my way through that fucking crowd, dude, and I go fill in. It's your your, your rock star moment. Dude, yeah. I've had that dream so many times, so I think easily that that would probably be it. Non-metal, though. My favorite band of all time, period, is Circus Survive. Yeah, great vocals. Period. Like, that band has literally saved my life multiple times. So, non-metal would be that band. But that's like 
very far-fetched, but fuck you, it. You never know. You, you never, never know. know. I didn't think I'd be this how, far. How, how many of these projects are extreme metal versus something like that? They're all metal. It's like one is thrash, one is two are like ginty. It's like all, it's basically like I pretty much play every, almost every sub genre of metal right now. <laughs> That'd be a funny video, actually. Yeah, Whenever you go through the genres of metal and it's all your projects <laughs> that you play. In. That's that actually a good idea. Uh, YouTube idea. That is actually. a really good yeah. idea. It's mine. No, no. Damn, that's smart. Vox and Hops inspired. You can yes. take it. Enjoy I'll tag it. you. Yeah. No problem. Let's talk about that. Your channel. You do the covers mm-hmm. of. of um, well-known songs, yes. non-metal songs. Yeah, I started doing like theme song videos. Yeah, what, what did you release recently? Which I, I've seen, but I can't. It's slipping uh, my mind. Now. There was like a soundtrack or a theme song thing. I did. Oh man, I've done a couple. I did like uh, the Law and Order theme song. I did like <laughs> Friends, like the Friends theme. It was Friends. Barney. Yep. I did Barney. Like, and I pretty he much came just back. choose. I pretty much just choose like because. There's some people that have gotten salty be- at me doing that because I'm not the first person to do it. So they're like, this isn't your idea. This is unoriginal. But I'm like, hey. shout, shout out to Samus. Yeah. Yeah. We're cool now, but he he was a little salty at first, which I understand because, he, dude, he's been doing it for years. But I only did it. I'm not trying to do it to get big. I'm, my channel's never going to be as big as his or whatever. I'm not worried about that. I literally only want to do... The shows that are my heart, like my childhood, my favorite shows, only the shit that I care about. So I'm not trying to just do like gimmicky stuff or like I only want to do that. So I at least told him I was like, well, at least there's a little difference here. You know, and I'm not trying to steal your thunder at all, but I just want to do the things that were like my favorite shows. Bryce, thank you so much sitting down with me, of drinking a beer, even though you don't drink beer. <laughs> I didn't know that. Had I known that, I would, I would have done something different. Cheers, brother. Thank you so much for having me, man. Appreciate it. Hey, thank you all so much for listening right to the end. You know that I love and appreciate that. I had such a great time sitting down with Bryce. Not only did I have a good time sitting down with Bryce, I was having a bad day and I edited this podcast and I immediately just went into a different frame of mind and I felt that positivity. Not only does it radiate from just him sitting across from him, and the way that he talks to you and the way that he looks at you, just listening to him speak just radiates positivity. So a huge, huge shout out to Bryce. You have just such a bright future ahead of you. I can't wait to see what you're going to do. I love your positive attitude. It is infectious and everybody should get a little dose of Bryce in their life more often. When you're feeling down, think of Bryce Butler, everyone. Cheers, brother. As always, the best way to support the Vox and Hops podcast is via the Vox and Hops Big Cartel page. And up there right now, I got the Vox and Hops Enjoy Life Metal and Craft Beer zip-up hoodie. This pre-order is going to be open for another week or two, and then I'm going to close it, and then there is going to be no more zip-up hoodies available for quite some time. So if you want to have a Vox and Hops zip-up hoodie, act now. Don't wait. The link to that is available in the description of this podcast. I hope that you have a great weekend. I hope you have fun. I hope you are responsible. Enjoy yourselves. I hope you have a great week after that. But always remember to enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. Cheers, Vox and Hops heads. Hey, this is Aaron from No Simple Road. I'm inviting you to come hang out with Apple, Mel, and I as we talk with the musicians, artists, chefs, authors, and beyond from the world that turns us on. 
We're reaching into the improvisational music scene, the psychedelic culture, the festival world, and getting to know what makes the people tick that create those scenes. Come join us on the long, strange trip over at No Simple Road. 